Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Book Reporters with Joe and Lauren. I am Joe, of course, joined by Lauren. Hello. Hey, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how are you doing this evening? We're recording a little later than usual again, but it's, uh, it's all good. Yeah. Uh, still, still here for a Monday. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it's been sort of like crappy and rainy all day here. I don't know about there. Yeah, pretty much uh, the same. Yeah, but you know, it's a overall, good time to good time to talk about books. Yeah, you know, I was uh. At work all day. I had this to look forward to, so it was a good day. So, but yeah, uh, as we said last week, we are doing a book that I know, like we both, we both read a while ago. So, I mean, it was a uh, a revisit for the both of us. But it's a book like we both. I feel we both equally love, and you know, we wanted to yeah. talk about and we were gonna we have plans to go through this author's whole catalog right uh, be, leading up to his new release this summer that I know we're both excited for but this is Final Girls by Riley Sager and uh, <laughs> yeah I know I asked you to read the synopsis for this yeah. one so if you whenever you got the physical copy there. I have it on Kindle. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got so. this pretty much when it first came out, I think. It, it wasn't a Book of the Month Club pick for me. It was just I, the cover intrigued me, and the title was cool. And, yeah, once I read it, I was like, ooh, all right. So, the synopsis. First, there were three. Then there were two. Can there only ever be one final girl? Ten years ago, college student Quincy Carpenter went on vacation with five friends and came back alone, the only survivor of a horror movie-scale massacre. In an instant, she became a member of a club no one wants to belong to. A book of similar... I'm sorry, a group of similar survivors known in the press as the final girls. Lisa, who lost nine sorority girls... uh, Lisa, who lost nine sorority sisters to a college dropout's knife. Sam, who went up against the sack man during her shift at the nightlight inn. And now Quincy, who ran bleeding through the woods to escape Pine Cottage and the man she refers to only as him. The three girls are all attempting to put their nightmares behind them. And with that, one another. Despite the media's Attempts they never meet. Now Quincy is doing well, maybe even great, thanks to her Xanax prescription. She has a caring, um, almost fiancé, Jeff, a popular baking blog, a beautiful apartment, and a therapeutic presence in Coop, the police officer who saved her life all those years ago. Her memory won't even allow her to recall the events of that night. The past is in the past. That is, until Lisa the first final girl, is found dead in her bathtub. Wrists slit and Sam, the second, appears at Quincy's doorstep. Blowing through Quincy's life is like a whirlwind. Sam seems intent on making Quincy relive the past with increasingly dire consequences, all of which make Quincy question why Sam has sought her out. And when new details about Lisa's death come to light, Quincy's life becomes a race against time as she tries to unravel Sam's truths from her lies, evade the police and hungry reporters, and most crucially, remember what really happened at Pine Cottage before what was started 10 years ago is finished. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to... There's a couple of like Stephen King quotes on the like in the book or on the cover and then like yeah. in the one of them 
is if you like Gone Girl, you'll like this, which I fail to see how this is like Gone Girl. So that's kind of right. That's kind of that. I mean, that's kind of like I thought, like looking back, kind of a weird comparison. Right. Yeah, I don't see huh. the connection other than you know they're both in that same general thriller category. Yeah. And the word girl is in the title. <laughs> Final <laughs> Gone Girl. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this book is wildly popular. I'm assuming most people listening to this have read it. And we probably should say that we are doing spoilers in this review. We will bring that up. Oh, yeah, so. definitely. Um, just because, you know, it's kind of like a, like, you know, a classic in the book world. I feel like at least a modern a modern uh, popular read. And if you haven't read it, then, you know, we'll, we'll give some advanced warning on the spoiler portion portion, but you definitely don't want to be spoiled by this because it, it really is a great book. Well, what is, what is your hit? Like, how did you, did you read this when it first came out? Because I heard about this, when it first came out and like seeing it on the shelves and even though I own the Kindle copy, I had bought like the Kindle edition when it was like, uh, on sale, mm-hmm. but I had a physical copy at one point, which I think I ended up donating to the library, but it was one of those things. Like I, I had bought it. And I had it for, like, maybe a year to a year and a half before I, like, finally picked it up and read it. Yeah. Which, um, it might have been closer to, like, a year and a half because his follow-up, The Last Time I Lied, that had come out. Okay. And I'd, I'd, I'd gotten the two books together, I think. And... Has he, has he put out a book every june or july since every year yeah yeah okay so i um i did read this book when it was new and i don't know when or where i saw it it may have even been like at an airport or something that it caught my eye and it it just the cover is is just uh very eye-catching and I think even in paperback, it's the same cover. I don't think that they changed it. Well, I shared I it. Um, like, there's a new, for which I shared on Bookstagram, like the Kindle, anytime there's a new edition, it automatically updates the cover. Oh, okay. So, like, the, I shared it on Bookstagram, like, the cover is kind of, like, even more horror movie looking. Okay. Then I have to... Double. Which. Oh, okay. Uh, I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely like horror movie, which I think is like right up Riley Sager's, you know, like that's that's in his appreciation wheelhouse. But I think the, the first cover, at least, the, this black and red one, I know you've seen that before. Yeah, the slashes yeah. for eyes. Right. The eyes and the words. Final girls and Riley, their yeah. slashes like with a knife, um, and it's it's a black and red book, but it's definitely someone's face up close, but you can't see it. You can only see the outline of the hair. Um, but it caught my eye, and then I'm reading about it. I had never heard of the term "final girl" um, before this book, but I love those eighties horror movies, well, seventies too, but, um, you know, Friday the 13th and Halloween and, um, even some nightmare on Elm street. But, um, so reading like these survivors, it it just struck a a chord in me that I would like this book. So, and that's actually what kind of jumpstarted my reading again, um, just because up until 2016, I was in school and I didn't really have a lot of time to read. 
so this came out about, you know, eight months after I wasn't in school anymore. And it kind of got me back into reading. So this book holds like a special place in my heart and, and just because it was a really good book, but it also is nostalgic for me because it kind of opened my, opened the door to getting back into reading more often. Um, and this was like before bookstagram for me. And um, that has certainly helped kind of fuel the, the book fire with seeing other people's posts. But um, so I guess this just happened from me seeing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was curious, uh, like where the term final girl came from. Like I wanted to like look that up and be sure. And I found on Wikipedia, uh, the terms final girls was, uh, or final girl was coined by Carol J. Clover in her book, men, women, and chainsaws, modern gender in the modern horror film, which came out in 1992. Uh, she suggested that in these films, the viewer begin by sharing the perspective of the killer, but experience a shift in identification to the final girl partway through the film. Where? Interesting. And then, like, there's a list of, like, famous final girls. Like, who... Who would you say is the most famous... Final girl. <laughs> I would say Laurie Strode. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think of, and I don't know her last name, but um, Sydney from Scream, it, Nev Campbell's character. She's not listed in the like Wikipedia page, but I think it's Sydney Prescott. Yeah. Is her yeah. name. Yeah. Which I kind of, that uh, new version, the, like, the, New New Scream is on Paramount Plus, which I gotta watch that. Oh, I gotta watch that me. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, would you agree with that? The the final girl being Laurie Strode? I mean Well, yeah, I mean that's probably the most famous one, but I mean they have well they have um uh Ripley from the Alien movies. Listed as a final girl, which okay. I mean, I would, I wasn't thinking, but like, I right. guess that counts because that's sci-fi, that's sci-fi horror, right? So, yeah, that um, makes sense. But yeah, there's a, uh, um, there's Nancy from the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Nancy Thompson is her name. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's a whole list like Sally from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Sue Snell from Carrie listed. She's the sole survivor of uh, her kinetic out telekinetic outburst at the prom. <laughs> um, I guess that counts. Yeah, there's Ginny from the first Friday the 13th. Um, but yeah. And I mean, in some of those movies, they end up that final girl is killed off right at the beginning of the next one in the series. Uh, not Lori, but some of the other, um, not minor, but as the franchises get more absurd and you don't really care so much about those characters, um, you know, a couple times they'll bring them back for the next run and then they're killed off, like, in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, well, I remember uh, they brought Nancy back for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, which she was a character for much of the movie, but they ended up killing her off by the end. Hmm. Oh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, in uh, one of my favorites is Halloween 4. <laughs> and Halloween five. So I love those. Um, and the main character in that is Rachel. And um, 
for anyone who hasn't seen Halloween 5 but wants to, she's killed off pretty quick in uh, in Halloween 5. But it, and it's a great, it's a, it's just a great, uh, it's a great way to start off that, that latest installment in that franchise that's just... <laughs> terrible <laughs> but yeah, i love it and we're, yeah we're spending a lot of time like talking about horror movies and stuff here but uh yeah i mean we can get into the more into the book now i mean it starts you know begins with uh quincy i believe running through the woods right trying to get away but it the book like does the Back and forth between present day and then Quincy's uh, uh, story of of her massacre. I think uh, it's like each chapter's like Pine Cottage uh, in a certain going back and forth between now and Pine Cottage. Yeah, (laughs) and I guess in so in present day she's trying to keep just like live in the moment, try and put that past behind her. And um, although, you know, something's up because she does rely on Xanax quite a bit for her anxiety and, and trauma, but she's trying to just keep, just live her life basically as best she can. And then it inner split splice. Uh, places with like the past and you know that like I think the pine cottage stuff happens like in the after it starts like in the afternoon so you know you know that it's going to be a while until the murders actually take place and the crime takes place so um, it's like a very long day that you're in her shoes back 10 years ago yeah and it's, you know, she has the baking blog in present day. And there's there's also um, the moment where she steals someone's phone, went out in public. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that's a whole... That's a whole thing that she's uh, going on with her, too. But it's a... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where to go from there, really. Uh, I did uh, I did want to mention, like, this one thing I highlighted mm-hmm. at one point. It's after Lisa, she gets the news that Lisa's dead. And, um, I, it's just like a, something I highlighted. I found it funny, which is tossing the newspaper aside. I reach for my laptop online. I skip the news sites and head straight for the true crime blogs, an alarming number of which are solely devoted to final girls, the guys who run them. And they are all men, by the way, women have better things to do. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Which I'm like, I initially read that wrong. I'm like, well, women are probably into true crime more than men, but I'm like, oh, the specific like subgenre of final girls is like probably right. more a fascination with men. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I do think it's pretty cool. I just never even knew that that existed till this book. But um, so I guess, you know, Quincy's part of this final girls true, you know, trope or something that she doesn't really want to be a part of. And um, but then this other girl dies and then the other girl like just arrives at her doorstep and kind (laughs) of. Like says we gotta investigate, we gotta figure out what happened to her. And but she's I, I, sketchy. Yeah, but I, I kinda always I mean, I was kind of thinking like, well, how 
it was kind of weird to me how like these three uh, women were lumped in together because I mean there are I don't know it's kind of strange like mass murders there I mean like you go through like mass murders in history like the Lisa survive like Lisa's being like her sorority house. I remember, like, that, what came to mind was, like, Ted Bundy when he went through the sorority house. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like if you lumped in, oh, my God, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, a late a woman, the woman who survived that massacre, there is a survivor from that one who, who she, she does, like, uh, she's done, like, podcasts appearances and like you know interviews mm. if you lumped her in with uh like the girl who survived like richard specks going through like the i don't think it was a story it was like a, a bunch of like nursing students oh right who he yeah. killed and at least one of them survived like those two were never like lumped in together, though. so it was kind of strange. Right. To it was kind of strange to me, like how it worked in this book that these girls were lumped in with each other. Right, because they did happen at different times. It's not like they all happened within the same year, but but they're all pretty or wild. like or like the same killer. Right. Even. Right. I mean, and, and I know it's fiction, but I think that Riley just put together those types of of serial killer moments that fans will get, and it kind of kind of pulls at your your murderous, you know, loving heartstrings with some of this stuff because you're like, oh, sorority killings, like, ooh, that sounds good, <laughs> like the the sack man <laughs> during her shift at the nightlight in, Ooh, I've read books, you know, that take place where someone, people get murdered at a hotel or at a location like the night shift. Um, the latest book that, that I'm reading now. Um, so you hear that stuff and you're immediately like this book interests me, this book being the final girls, because I can kind of already picture those crazy massacres happening. And then of course, like the cottage, I mean, how just think of Friday the 13th or, you know, anything similar or real life, you know, cabin murders. But I I think that part, we would stretch the imagination that those things would be linked, but it works. But when you think it, when you start breaking it down, you're like, yeah, this probably would not happen. Yeah, but I mean, I did, I did just think of Lisa after it happened where Quinn sur- where Quinn survived Pine Cottage. Uh, Lisa did reach out to her, so maybe that was something. But like, I'm thinking, did she do the same for Sam? Or I don't know. <laughs> right. It it. I mean, that was just. It's a minor thing. It mm-hmm. didn't take away from it. It's just something I thought of this time. Like, well, it is kind of strange how, like, three separate tragedies. What I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, like, three separate massacres, like, years apart between each of them. Mm-hmm. And... Like you, like you said, like not, not the same locations, not the same killer. So it's it's kind of strange that uh, I don't know. It's, it's just something I thought of this time, like how they would and, be connected to each other. And also, like the final girl trope is more. We know it more for these fictionalized characters. Whereas not that you, we couldn't come up with people in real life who were final girls, but I feel like in real life, not that the media can't be in your face, but I'm not sure that 
10 years after something happened, like the media is still kind of hounding these people for an interview. They're probably like, okay, this isn't good for their mental health. We're just going to leave them alone and it will go with, you know, they've never told their story. But, but, but the thing of them all having to be interviewed together, like there was a thing where they were, they had a deal that all three of them were going to go on Oprah. And then Quincy had a, like a breakdown where she like blacked out and, you know, ended up backing out of it. So it was a deal like, well, if it was either all three of them or it wasn't going to happen. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was. um. <laughs> yeah. I, what I, what I liked about it, I mean, cause modern day kind of going through the motions because there were points where I just wanted Quincy to kick Sam out and be like, okay, enough. Like you're like, something's not right with you, but not in my house because Sam ends up crashing with Quincy. But what I liked is the splicing and going back in time to the night. It kind of pulls you back in, in that horror movie nostalgia thing. So I think if it was just a story about them present day, I don't think it would have been as engaging as putting that that scene of the crime that is, you know, just that so intriguing kind of massacre in there. I think that that's what really helped keep everyone's attention. And then they do talk about the other murders too, the sorority house and the sack man a little bit more. And those were really cool to hear. But... Yeah. One scene that uh, stands out to me in this book is um, when the first uh, day when Sam comes by and they, her, Quinn, and Jeff end up having dinner together. And that dinner scene where Sam and Jeff kind of go at each other where it's a base. So, um, Quinn's, he's not her husband. He's, uh, um, I believe, uh, spoiler, they break up by the end of the book, but they're living together and Jeff works as a defense attorney and, there's a scene, you know, Sam's dealing with having survived a mass killer. And um, she kind of gets on Jeff. Since Jeff's a defense attorney, she's kind of like, so you defend bad people. Have you ever defended a murderer? And if he, like, what if you were absolutely sure the guy was, you know, for sure a murderer would you still defend him and all and it ends up being like a really uncomfortable intense moment mm-hmm. between them so yeah and then i mean that, that that's i mean that's that itself is a question of uh, a lot of defense attorneys or get or you see stories that uh it, it is something I wonder about sometimes because you do hear a lot of I've heard talk about this a lot of times the defense attorneys when they're defending a murderer most of the time their job is just to have like they know they did it they know they're gonna go to jail it's about avoiding the death penalty from the most, like that's the way most of them look. Yeah. Um, but you do hear, you do see these stories of, um, a lot where the defense attorney is going to say like, this person didn't do it. And they're going to be really 
you know, shady or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think Casey Anthony's attorney, <laughs> which yeah. some of the, some of the, I mean, you hear that story. I mean, that's a whole, for a whole different podcast, <laughs> not to go in, you know, we'll let the true crime podcast go into that. And, <laughs> yeah. but, so I mean, that, aside th- from Jeff, we have Coop. Um, yeah. Who was the police officer that ended up, um, Saving Quinn, which I am, I am going to like do the big spoiler right now. Are you still hearing me? Okay. Are you hearing me okay? <laughs> oh. Am I back? <laughs> yeah. You kind of. I was just completely yeah. like froze for a yeah. while. I think it's okay. the weather because we hardly ever have connection problems. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Are you, are Where you, were you at? <laughs> yeah. We were talking about Coop. I was going yes. to... I'll give the big spoiler right now. Because I had forgot this, but Coop is the killer uh, from Pine Cottage. So... <laughs> and he ran into her in the woods. Like, he, he saved her. That was the the initial thing right yeah she she kind of ran into his arms or something um and i think that's how it accounted for him having blood on him and for him being like sweaty or something because he was saving this this final girl but it turns out it was coop all along um which i did not see coming i i don't know if I read the story now, if I would have pieced that together or not, like, I, I hate to say that I'm like this, this sleuth that would figure it out. But once you know, the answer, it is very simple and it does make sense. And you're kind of like, Oh yeah. Who else really would it be? Because well, well during the some rando killer. Well, I mean, during the flashbacks, they were putting forward, this guy named Joe that was oh, right. the guy who got stranded out there, which they end up inviting into the cabin. Right. And so, I mean, you're going through the book probably, I mean, likely assuming that it's him. Right. Which, but that's I mean, the thing, like, knowing now, you're like, well, of course it's not him. They want us to believe it's him. That's the whole, you know, but... I'd like to think that I would have figured it out in this day and age, but we know how terrible I am at solving books. I I, I really don't think I would have got it, but that's one that I don't forget. Like that ending, I don't forget. And again, I don't know if it's because this book holds a certain place for me as being like my first book back or, you know, if it was just that good of an ending, but to me, I, I loved it. I thought that it was um, surprising. It was sad. Like I was, I was sad to find out it 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 was Coop the whole time. But it also made sense because I also don't think it really could have been anybody else except for Joe. But that's maybe the more obvious of an option. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think going through it again this time, I suspected something about Coop more, but I like forgot that. I think, I mean, for the most part, I forgot 
that it was him. Yeah. No. I, uh, well, like I said, I, I don't forget that it's him, but I, I did kind of forget how, how that all came to be and why he was with her as long as he was not just to be a friend, but to also kind of be that, be that check and balance that she wasn't remembering everything by not talking about it and trying to put it in the past and medicate. And she wasn't starting to put the pieces together. Yeah. But so, (laughs) yeah. uh, But I mean, I'm assuming this is a five-star read from you. uh, Yes. From, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yep, it's a good one. It's definitely where to start. Not that you have to read his books in any order because they're all standalones, but I just think it's great. Yeah. And uh, not everyone agrees with us, so. <laughs> so, um, this is. I think somewhat lengthy of a review from what we normally do on here, but it is a one-star review pulled from Amazon uh, by a fellow named Kyle O'Connor, uh, reviewed in the United States on May 21st, 2019. So he gave it one out of five stars. Predictable, disappointing, generic. I'm so angry, truly. You all know the feeling you get when you first read the synopsis of a new book, and in that moment, you just have to have it. It goes beyond elated anticipation. It's a need. Yeah, well, that was me when I first stumbled across Final Girls by Riley Sager. I'm a sucker for slasher film, modern 80s retro, Italian giallo. I don't know if I said that word right, but sorry. Um, I simply love the horror field in general, truth be told. Anything likened to that area of obsession falls along the vein of must-have, must-see, must-read. So to say my eagerness to read this novel was bursting at the seams would be a gross understatement. I've expended so much energy these past few days just so absolutely hating this book that I really can't force myself to write up this review much further. If you're reading this, though, just know that the plot is predictable, the characters make dumb decisions nearly every every page, because if they actually had IQs greater than a chipmunk, there would be no plot progression or story. The detectives are so awful at their jobs that I wondered what alternate universe this was happening in, and the entire book itself felt like a cheap PG-13 thriller your great aunt or fellow preteen friends might call chilling. Oh my god, I'm so scared. OMG, I know. It really isn't that hard to put together who the killer is. I've seen more slasher films than I've read books but I was hoping the writing would be at least on par with other suspense thrillers I've read and loved. It wasn't. This book could have been redeemed with anything unique or witty or clever, but it remained generic and bland and redundant in its idiocy. Riley Sager seems to think the quote-unquote twists were more clever than they actually turned out to be, predictable and stupid in actuality. Long story short, I'm ticked off. I thought I was going I was going to enjoy this one more than I did, and I'm severely disappointed and frustrated and will never trust another book like this again. <laughs> wow. Some strong feelings there. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that book wrecked him, <laughs> but in a in a different way than it did for us. 
I mean, it's... Uh, I, I was with him at first. I mean, that is how I felt about this book. Like, I have to read it. It looks so good. It sounds just perfect. And I thought it was. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know about it. It was... It's five stars. I mean, it, you know, definitely glad I... It was one of those things I'm like, why did I wait... When I did finally read it, I remember having the thought, like, why did I wait so long to read this? Right. When it's been, you know, it's one of those books for me. Yeah. Just, you know, when I took me what seemed like forever to get to it. And then when I finally did, I'm like, why did, like, why did it take this long? Mm-hmm. So, yep. But that's the thing, like, well. I had that thought, why did it take this long? But then I also had the thought, like, well, if I hadn't waited this long, I wouldn't be enjoying it now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, true. Kind of. But, uh, yeah, any final thoughts you have on this book? No, I think it was just a really great debut book. And we'll be covering his other books. And then this summer we'll have the new one out. Yeah, so. And it also should be noted, like, he, it says, like, on his author profile, he's a pseudonym for another author. Right. Which I, I don't think I ever found out who. I forgot. I, I, until I was looking at the book jacket the other day, I was like, oh, yeah. Who, who I mean, his photo, his photo is included. I mean, we know what he looks like. Right. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of like J.D. Robb is a pseudonym for Nora Roberts. And she has her photos on, like, both of those uh, author books. But J.D. Robb, she's dressed more, like, in a leather jacket, mm. I believe, for those books. So, I've never read either a Nora Roberts or a J.D. Robb book, but yeah, I have, but I, I mean, working in, working in a library. I mean, there's plenty of those books and I've seen them. So yeah, that's my example. Yeah. So I guess with the pseudonym, it's not, it's a debut book for, for his pseudonym, but I mean, it's still, it's just a really great book. Yeah. Which, I mean, I could probably look it up now, but I'll, uh, I don't, know, I don't want to waste that air doing that. <laughs> uh, anyone listening, if you know who Riley Sager is a pseudonym for, hit us up and let us know. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, I think uh, that's going to be it for our final girls discussion. Sounds good. And um, we will get to the rest of his catalog in mm-hmm. due time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I'm excited for our episode next week. So, uh, and I'm excited. You already told me the book you wanted to talk for that episode. But uh, why don't we reveal it right now? Um, what do we got going on next week? I'm going to do the one I just finished, right? Is that the one we talked about? Yeah. <laughs> we we throw out different ideas and then I'm like, what week did we say we were going to do that? So I had a major book slump. I <laughs> was like, when we recorded the last two episodes, I was struggling. Um, but for those, I the one I had finished that we talked about and... And then the other was an old book that I, you know, was just refreshing myself with. So for like almost a month, I didn't read anything and it was awful. So I wanted a good book to bring myself out of it. And I tried, I have about four books that I'm calling DNFs. They're not, it's not the fault of the book. It's me. So I'm going to go back to them, including the Paris apartment. I'm, I'm still not writing that one off, but um. The Long Weekend is a new book from Jilly McMillan, and I believe it just came out. Um, 
a week or so ago. And it is about a three couples agree to meet up like they always do their old time friends and for a weekend away. But when they get there, none of the men are there. They all had excuses conveniently. So it's three women that have to spend at least one night alone. And then they're supposed to be joined by their spouses. Um, But when they get there, they get a package with a bottle of champagne that says, by the time you read this, one of your husbands will be dead. So you have to figure out who, what, where, when, why, how, um, all of that. So it was, it, it definitely brought me out of my slump. I will say that. Well, I'm so excited to do that because I was texting you through, I think I texted you like the day after you started. I'm like, is it over yet? Like the, like the great, the great Lauren Reed and slump of 2022. <laughs> it seemed like I was like, too early to tell. I'm not sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure how it's going. I'm 30 pages in. I can't tell. But yeah. but what I about mean, you? What, what will? Well, I I will be talking a book that I just started today. Um, it is. Let me pull it up. Uh, I want to make sure I like got the title right because like I mixed stuff up. But it is. It is the shadow. Another new release, the Shadow House by Anna Downs. I said, "Oh," but I was on mute. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I read uh, the Safe Place by her on audio. Well, I listened to it on audio book not too long ago, and it's definitely on my TBR. So, yeah, I, cool. I remember reading that. that. I remember reading that when it came out, and I remember liking that. And yeah. I'm about. Um, I ended up getting the Kindle edition because I had to, I had the library edition, but I wanted to, ended up having to return it. Yeah. So, and I'm also finding I'm liking Kindle more because I'm like highlighting and it's mm-hmm. like making it, I feel, figure it'll make it easier for me to talk about stuff because, because I'll be able to like reference stuff, but, um, right. yeah, it's, uh. I believe it's at 9%, which is about, I'd say, close to 30 pages mm-hmm. that I'm in so far. Because I just read what I could on break at work today. But it's, uh, so far, so far, so far I'm into it and, you know, looking forward cool. to doing what I can yeah. with it and talking it next week. Nice. So. Awesome. Cool. Well, that'll uh, be exciting. Yeah, but uh, and that's about all I got too because I know you know sometimes we talk about different reads, but I I'm just barely getting out of this slump, so <laughs> it's all I got. I don't know if there's anything else you've been reading or watching that you want to mention this week well, or oh I forgot. Um, I'm about halfway through this book. It's the title on Kindle Unlimited. It's not that long of a book, but it's like just a matter of finding time to read it. But it's one I wanted to mention, and I it's again it's on Kindle Unlimited, and I added it solely because of the title of the book. It's a horror novel. It's called Man Fuck This House. <laughs> Have you heard about that? I actually did hear of that. I actually heard of the title. Maybe in the past week, and I can't remember where I heard it from. Maybe I I saw a meme. I saw a meme that someone, I think someone shared a tweet of it, and like it got like screenshot for a meme. Like it's it's basically someone like this seems like the greatest book ever. Like based on the title, is pretty much yeah. But the author is Brian Asman. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, it's like pretty much a straightforward, like haunted house horror story. Mm -hmm. And I mean, but again, just that title is like, yeah, that's how can you not? Yeah. So, (laughs) 
I'm a, I mean, I'm about halfway through, and it's only 158 pages. Like, it's basically a novella. Cool. But it's just a matter of me finding the time to read it. Right. So. Yeah. But, nice. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> but, I mean, do you have anything else? I mean, is there anything... With your reading slump, is there was there anything like you listened to or watched that you want to? I'm, I'm listening to Sometimes I Lie from Alice Feeney. That was, I think, her first book, maybe. And I, w- I would say I'm maybe about 60% in to that. And I do like it. Uh, and then I watched Death on the Nile, uh, the latest Agatha Christie adaptation. Mm. Um. And that was good. That was on Hulu or something. It came to something for free now. So Yeah, streaming. Yeah. Yeah, because I missed awesome. it in theaters. So, yeah. Uh, again, yeah, I mean, another fun episode and... Uh, I actually have to get going because it is, uh, again, we're recording this Monday evening. And, uh, yeah, everyone, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Um, I'm excited to hear about how you broke out of your reading slump. <laughs> so, Yeah, and I'm ex- excited to hear about the the book that you're reading. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, everyone, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye.